0: I'm Gigi, and with me, of course, is Mama Mary. It's been a pretty good week. Numbers are still climbing, so that's awesome. It's it is awesome.
1: Week. It was a good week. I'm a little tired. I'm not going to lie. I know. It's been a draining week.
0: I know. I know. It's like boo-hags are on our shoulders and draining us. Stupid
1: boo hangs.
0: Boo-hags. So I think we're going to jump right into our topic this week, because actually, I believe... There's a lot to go over. There is. And there will be with mm-hmm. our side combos and what have you.
1: No, because not that we ever, like, ramble on and wander off. No, we stay ever.
0: right on topic all the yeah. time. We are sarcastic boo hags. So We're professional boo hags. pro yeah, Professional. <laughs> uh, this week is oppression or possession. Um, 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 um. um. Did you want to start or was I going to start or well, we'll
1: start let's start real quick. We'll talk about the difference between oppression and possession and then I want to hear about all the great research that you've done. And so basically, they're they're a little bit similar, but they're two different kind of things. Oppression happens before full-blown possession. So just like um let's see, uh, you know, a bad entity, a demonic entity was going to take over somebody. First they would start kind of Guess it'd be like messing with them a little bit, kind of oppressing their energy, making them feel tired, draining their energy, um, giving them bad dreams, making them do weird things or thinking weird things or, you know, zoning out for a little bit and then waking up and not realizing they'd zoned out. Where possession is like full blown taking over their energy and so completely changing Yeah, completely okay. changing their personality, even sometimes downright changing their looks.
0: Changing their looks.
1: Yeah, I think um a you know, like just,
0: dwarfing.
1: well, it's just sort of like when you watch a, a physical medium, if they're doing a seance and she allows that spirit to possess her for just a moment, then her facial features will change to resemble the entity that has taken over. So it's sort of like that, that, that appearance does change and, you know, their physical appearance, their mannerisms, the way they act, change. You know, they start avoiding people, they... Keep to themselves. If you you know that's what you would worry about. If it, the person used to be bubbly and happily all the time and wanting to be around people, and all of a sudden they don't want to be around people. No,
0: it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> now I forgot what we were doing. I wanted the video a little bit. Oh. Oh, now I forgot. It's funny.
1: I'm oh. posing. I'm a poser.
0: You're a poser. <laughs> Holy crap! You were all serious, and then I sidestepped us. All right. Okay, where were we? Oh.
1: Well, that's basically oppression. it. Yeah, we no. talking okay. about the differences between oppression where it's more of attachment to an object like, you know, a certain lamp or where yeah. you can touch that lamp and feel energy attached to it. And a couple of odd things might happen around that lamp, but where like a doll might... The doll might be possessed, and because the doll is possessed, It'll that, that entity can use that doll to manifest things that happen in the house. Oh,
0: okay. That's kind of right. the
1: difference where attachment's just kind of attached um, well, it kind and of hangs
0: out with it.
1: Yes, it's attached to that energy where possession, possession like can make in. it do things. Yes. Going all there's the difference. Just okay. like, you know, there's a lot of psychics who could hold a necklace and and see where a person disappeared. Because that energy, that person's energy is attached to that necklace. That's kind of like an attachment. And there's different levels of attachment. You know, you have your energy attached. Sometimes, you know, I'll bring energies home mm-hmm. that are, are attached but not oppressing me or possessing me. They're just there. Okay.
0: You know,
1: there's there's differences. You know, to so people don't freak out and just think because something has a high vibration or makes them feel weird that it's, it's evil.
0: Right. Huh. There's so much I want to say with it's, that. It's I sort of like
1: the chat. reason why when our loved ones pass over, we want to bring an item of theirs to our home because it's their energy. Okay. And now, it's sort of like a way for them to manifest that energy. You
0: know, that little doggie I got my grandma when she was in the hospital and she had uh-huh. to pet it. Oh, well, it was a bear in a dog costume. It was that little one, but she needed something to do with her hands because she kept moving stuff on the tray. These got a hole that made its eye out of it, but I, now, and now it just it's really, really sad, <laughs> <laughs> and it made no. me super sad, because I was like, oh, mm, I was so mad at her, oh god, she is so lucky, I love her, <laughs> but I put it in, like, a little shadow box, and it's all like squished, but I still have that, because I was, well, the, one of the last things grandma touched, or at least that I gave her.
1: Yeah.
0: A uh, lot. I hope. I hope Grandma doesn't possess that, although I don't think it would be mean by any means.
1: It wouldn't be a possession, because she would have no need to utilize that to manifest.
0: What if she wants to manifest a hug to
1: me? (laughs) They probably shared, probably hugged you, you just don't realize it.
0: She was never a real big hugger, but I'll take one from her. Okay, any any housing. (laughs) Um, Oh, enough with the arms. See, okay, okay, this one got me, like, super excited was Robert the doll. Yes. And I got like, whoa, about that. I never really heard about him. And now the Annabelle doll, I know we got info on that too. That's like a huge one and a lot of people talk about that. So I know I didn't hit very much. Dolls
1: super creep me out.
0: (laughs) Super creep me out. Now, did you see the picture of the Robert doll? Yes. Yeah?
1: Yeah.
0: I was like, whoa, come to find out that inspired the movie Child's Play, Chucky. And I was like, no crap, and I had to like look, like really look into that, and I was like, "Holy crap!" And that is cool. That creeped me out cause that goes back to my brother Mike and his my buddy doll, cause it looked like Chucky, and I was like, <laughs> he thought that doll was possessed, and it was it was a lot of fun. So,
1: well, dolls kind of look possessed. If you oh, think about it; they're kind of creepy. Was, I'm, like, I'm just saying.
0: Where I parked right on the street, there's a doll like hospital. Per se, where you can take your dolls to get fixed and stitched up or whatever, and there's this old creepy doll, like it's for sale. And and I was going to take a picture and send it to you and laugh yeah, because yeah. I know you don't like them. No. But I just kind of tootled on by because I no figured out a little bit. Yeah, but it's like a doll hospital. Yeah. And some stuff. And they got classes where they teach you how to fix them. That's
1: still creepy, too. I know. I
0: know. One that's, like a,
1: that's like making a voodoo doll.
0: That's what Robert is. God. <sighs> Ugh. Oh, ah, that went up a wrong pipe. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's paranormal. <laughs> wow. Okay, Robert the Doll. When Key West artist Robert Otto, or Gene, as he was more commonly known to as his, his family, was four years old, he was given a doll as a gift. As the story goes, the doll looked kind of human, but kind of not. He wore a sailor suit and carried a toy of his own, a miniature stuffed lion. Gene named him Robert, and from the moment... He first appeared, weird events plagued the family's home. Now, in other research that I've done with the giving of this doll, it said that he was given this doll as a gift, but it was from somebody that worked at their home. Oh, like a slave. Yeah. And he did not like the little boy, and he did not like the family. That's for the voodoo doll, a story that goes with that, that that doll is a voodoo doll, and that guy put a curse on it for um, little Jean. I think that might be down in this area. Okay. Gene named him Robert, and from the moment he first appeared, weird events plagued the family's home. Gene's parents would periodically hear Gene giggling with someone, an unknown person with a deep-sounding, like, man voice. As they walked by his closed bedroom door, furniture overturned in rooms in which Robert sat. Gene began having horrible nightmares. Toys would disappear and reappear, mutilated, and whenever something went wrong, Gene would utter the phrase, Robert did it. Even after Robert was banished to the attic, passersby claimed to see a small figure move in the window, like move window to window. Many believe the doll to be cursed. These days, Robert is kept under lock and key at the Key West Fort East Martello Museum. You can visit him, but make sure you ask permission before taking his picture. He doesn't take kindly to unsolicited photographs. And whatever you do, do not bring home a Robert doll. Ooh, a robert the doll replica seriously just don't
1: no, i wouldn't either how <laughs> are you it? thinking if you tried
0: i know so you must be able to go there they just they're like oh i want this doll
1: that's true. yeah
0: um and then this goes on to say in the research that i did like i said it was part of uh or the movie child's play that's where it came from so if you're thinking child's play couldn't Possibly be based on a true story, considering it's a killer children's toy and all. You'd only be partially right about that. While there was never been a documented case about a toy coming to life and going on murderous rampage, the tale of Chucky was in fact was just inspired, which a lot of movies are inspired. I think a lot of people kind of lose track of that when they're like, even the Amity Horror Mm -hmm. movies. Um, it was inspired. It wasn't totally true. They have to add other stuff in there, otherwise it'd be like a two-minute video of something weird. Oh Yeah,
1: and let's be real. Wait, you're not going to watch it unless it's going to, like, blow your mind a little bit.
0: Right. <laughs> but it was inspired by, you know, uh, Robert, whose creepiness is, quite frankly, not even matched by the Annabelle doll from The Conjuring.
1: Oh, I love those movies.
0: I know you do. I do. You're like, ah, I know you <laughs>
1: they do. really creep me out, but I super love them.
0: Okay, here's where I was going with the, how he got the doll. According to the stories, Jean was given the doll as a child by an abused female servant that tended to his parents' house, who just so happened to be well versed in the art of voodoo. Legends suggest that the girl possessed the three foot tall doll. Three foot. That's, that's even creepier. That is
1: even creepier.
0: <laughs> As a way to get back at the Otto family, it was it was young Jean who would experience the brunt of the doll's wrath. Isn't that creepy? I believe this happened like in nineteen o three. I don't I have the dates written down, but I want to say some of the other research that I looked into. That was like early, early, early nineteen hundreds. But who just gives a three foot doll? Ah, that's so scary. Hate dolls. I mm. just super creepy. But that after I, seeing him too, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Things back then were kind of creepy looking anyway. Like they were like pictures of like the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Whoa! Scary the Halloween costumes that they. Whoa. Yeah,
1: they were freaky super in general.
0: Creepy. I don't know how people weren't more scared back then. They were. Maybe we're just getting they softer. Pansies. We are soft with wine. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you want to take number two, then? Whatever
1: you got. Well, I have Thomas Busby's stoop chair. Oh,
0: I like this one. I you, did not mean to touch your knee
1: You can touch it anytime. <laughs> I don't care.
0: Oh, that's so nice. Anyway.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, Thomas Busby, he was not a nice man. And in 1702, he, one day to... He came to one day discover that his father-in-law, Daniel Audie, was sitting in his favorite chair. This sparked a huge argument, which I can totally connect with because seriously, if I see somebody in my chair, like my eyes turn red. I hate it. I don't <laughs> know why, but I'm like that's my chair.
0: Yes, that's how I am with mine. My-
1: don't do anything in my chair. Don't even don't even, even look saw at those it.
0: To get out of my chair. Don't look at
1: it. Don't smell it. Nothing.
0: Just don't.
1: Keep your shit out of my chair. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> this sparked an argument, which resulted in Audie threatening to take back his daughter. I'd say keep her. <laughs> <laughs> keep her.
0: She's Audie
1: Before Busby threw him out of the house, that night, Busby went up to um, Audie's home. He bludgeoned him to death with a hammer and hit the body in the woods. The body, of course, was found. Busby was tried and convicted, and he was sub- subsequently hanged, tarred, and left in a giblet by the side of the road opposite of the Coaching Inn. It's said that on the way to the gallows, Busby requested a drink of ale at his favorite pub before his, his sentence was enacted. As he finished, he said, May sudden death come to anybody who dares sit in my chair. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Oh, Mm-mm. Now the chair currently occupies a spot in the Thirsk Museum. Terrible fates have befallen many who have sat in it. And from brain tumors to car crashes, accordingly, the decision was made in 1972 to hang it from the ceiling, preventing anyone from sitting in it ever again. Probably a really wise move.
0: Yes. Maybe it should go in the attic with Robert.
1: And I think, like, um, probably, probably they can sit in it. He can sit in it and they can just, just hang out. Yeah, But you it's almost
0: needs to sit in it. Maj. Maj, lodging in charge, needs to sit in that chair. Get your ass
1: in that chair, Marge. You keep on talking to you and you never answer.
0: Maj.
1: <laughs> but it's almost like, you know, a tra- it's, it almost seems like, you know, traumatic events connected with these items. It's what mm-hmm. increases the energy and traumatizes it and makes it open for kind of evilness to prevail.
0: So, what we were talking about at the beginning. So the chair would be oppressed. The doll would be possessed? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: And I think, like, um, it carries that negative energy, and it was cursed. So really, it's fine if nobody sits in the chair, right? Right. right. But as soon as you sit in that chair, you're possessed.
0: That's horrible. It's creepier than shit. It is. Hmm. Well, I'm going to think twice about sitting in someone's chair, I can tell you that.
1: Well, you can sit in my chair.
0: Jeez. This one was kind of neat. Oh, good. Look at that. Damn printer. I'm missing a whole section. That's what I get. Okay. So the hands, the hands resist him painting. I, until I did the research, I never heard anything about this. Now that I, there was some other paintings like the crying boy, which I did a little bit on that too. I found that interesting at first, but I'd like to hit things that other paranormal podcasts haven't really hit on, or not even just podcast, any of the other paranormal stuff. But that that was a big one was the um, the crying boy one for cool. some reason. But this one caught my attention because there is a couple of the paintings where the painter. Oh, that's the part that didn't print out for me was it was like a letter from the actual um, artist. Oh. In, in his decisions on these. So, I'll see if I can find that after I put this out, and then I'll post that. Um, but he does have a, um, what do they call that? Like, a number two. <laughs> oh,
1: my dear. Everybody has a number two at oh, some point. Oh, my dear.
0: Uh, oh, my gosh. What's the word? Like a movie. A, a sequel. Not a a sequel? sequel? Sequel. Yeah. There's like a sequel to it. They call it the sequel. Okay. Oh. So, often referred to as the Haunted eBay Painting, it was one of the paintings on eBay, the Hands Resist Him was found on the site of an old brewery by a couple from California. They put the painting up for auction on eBay in February 2000, claiming that the characters in the paintings sometimes moved on their own. That is scary. So that would be a possession? Mm-hmm. Yep. And occasionally even escape the boundaries of the painting itself. See, that's, I don't know. Eventually, I think
1: I remember that story when they first bought the painting, a little boy and little girl would say they were afraid of it because at night they would watch the little kids come out of the painting.
0: Oh, that, okay. That's enough of you. That's enough out of you, <laughs> Mama Mary.
1: Eventually <laughs> it sold
0: for a whopping $1,025 because apparently people really like to decorate their homes with purse paintings and pictures. I, I, That'd be a cool thing. Sure. I don't know if I could handle that. No. Because I never sleep.
1: I got like, enough weird shit in my home. Yeah, to exactly. To like,
0: kid, like teenagers. like teenagers. <laughs> want on talk about <laughs> supernatural. Boom. Like, there you go. Supernatural
1: paranormal. Paranormal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> paranormal parenting.
1: Paranoia. But, but, oh,
0: freaking <laughs> kids. Let, let's drink to that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> cheers.
0: Cheers. I don't know why I feel the need to talk like that.
1: <laughs> because isn't that what you do when you're doing cheers?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. <laughs> While well, there's no denying that the piece, which features a young boy and a doll-like girl standing in front of a window and a sea of disembodied hands, is a little on the creepy side, is probably not actually cursed. The work of the artist, Bill Stoneham, it was based off a photograph his parents took of him and a neighbor when they were children. He himself was rather surprised when he heard about the stories attached to his piece. Says Stonium about the painting symbolism there are memories echoes of all the life within a place the hands are the other lives the glass door and the thin veil between waking and dreaming the girl slash tau is the imagined companion or guide through this realm that's what he said about his painting which it's a very spiritual um, explanation of the painting i believe mm-hmm. i think but if you see the painting I'm, did you see it yes yep now it kind of makes sense. I'm like, well, that is creepy. But if he explains it like that, then it's like, okay, I get it. He painted some sequels, two of them. Um, there's, so there's a set of three. I did see them all. So basically what them. he's
1: saying is that he created some kind of portal, which is a veil. A portal opens so that you can step but I don't across think the veil. he initially
0: meant to. So when he's hearing these stories of the paintings of these people mm-hmm. that got them, he's about, uh-oh.
1: And, you know, <laughs> portals like that, they can be created without even knowing that you did. And right. they don't necessarily have to be pad portals. It's just people might see a spirit coming through that portal and automatically think that it's something bad. Evil because it's you, you know, you're taught to fear it.
0: I'm going to shut your mouth right there for you. <laughs> because we are going to get into portals at another time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you when. You will have to portal there. <laughs>
1: So funny. <laughs> to a different Sorry. dimension. We are a different dimension. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's
1: what she I'm all over
0: the place. Hey, your turn. All right. <laughs> well, this
1: is a story of a haunted door. Three
0: little bears. So scared. back
1: in the 1960s, there's, um, the, the story is about a girl named Connie. She remembers her father brought home an old door that he had found in like a pile of debris. I think the house had been demolished and he had gone through it and he brought home something that he could use. It was in good condition, so her father thought it would make a good addition to their house since he was in the midst of renovating the second floor. So he used it to close off the parents' bedroom from the upstairs. She describes the upstairs as having a cross space that ran behind both of her parents' room and a room that she shared with her sister. The night after her father hung that door, weird things began to happen. Around 3 o'clock, everybody was awakened by loud pounding and coming from inside that crawl space and everyone jumped out of bed. The dad ran to the girls' room with a flashlight to remove the access panel. Everybody was petrified but when he shown the light into the crawl space there wasn't anything there. He was even brave enough to enter the crawl space but still didn't find anything. Reasoning that the noise might have been caused by something like, you know, outside with a tree branch hitting the house or just you know, trees groaning in general, he replaced the access panel and went back to bed. A half hour later, the fierce pounding started again. And this time, the dad even checked outside but couldn't find anything. This is the point where they got really, really scared. And for the next week, the pounding continued to happen every single night. And so finally, Connie's mom insisted that the door be removed. She said that it was haunted. And then finally, the dad decided to take the door out, and he chopped it up into splinters. And after that, the pounding stopped.
0: So he was able to destroy...
1: Uh, Yeah, he destroyed the door. So he he destroyed the energy. So basically, there was something attached to that door.
0: So with some of the things that are coming up, like with those paintings, why don't people burn them? I know on some of the things, I think, in some of the stories that we got later on, they explain, but... Like, if a doll was, I, my first instinct would be to burn it. Get rid of it. I don't know why. Because
1: if something's but, possessed versus just oppressed, you're just going to release, release that it, energy. Because when something's something just, you know, oppressed, the energy's attached to it, but it's not a complete part it of leave. it. So when you burn when you a doll, you release that entity. Because sometimes, okay, sometimes when, you know, sometimes purposely somebody will put that entity into the doll to trap it. To okay. keep it in one place so that it doesn't roam
0: okay. and
1: hurt other people, and if you burn it, you release that, you know, that demon like an Annabelle, It was a demon.
0: Oh, right. That's what I was going to say. So that's why they don't. They just lock her up in a box. So like, when they have to torture one person for a lifetime, they can't get rid of this thing. But at the same time, we're probably saving. And the, that's a whole what, yeah. Lot that's life.
1: why you put them in a box and they're sealed. They can't right. get out. And you know, so like. With the idea of the door, that was probably more, he got it from a house that had been demolished. There was probably a spirit connected to that. I would say, for me, I would feel like it was the homeowner attached okay. to that door, right. and he brought that homeowner home, oh. and he wanted to go back home. Right. He was knocking. Right. That but when they burnt the door, house. it released that energy. Okay. But not necessarily an evil energy.
0: <laughs> okay, so this one actually has, like, I went everywhere this got my attention the other night and i try not to stay up late because well i work so early but then we took our computers to bed and we were <laughs> doing research but I, I don't like that, like that. turn that <laughs> around i don't i don't like that I don't <laughs> well like, i am ran that next, so suck it up buttercup you better get a sharpie or something i don't like i don't yank it <laughs>
1: that's funny i was like what the
0: hell are you look at me like that for what <laughs> I do, I'm not trying to take your story <laughs> I'm like, wow. No. Okay, so anyway, so I got like totally sidetracked, ended up on eBay, and then from eBay I went to YouTube to watch these videos of people trying to open these and whatnot. But there is it's a debut box. So I'm like, okay, so when I first started researching, the main one was a wine cabinet.
1: hmm
0: And so I'm like, What? And so I get on the ebay. And I don't know if it's just Then I had to look up what the debut was. I I listened to the pronunciation because we know how I am with words. And I still think I'm saying it wrong, but I'm gonna call it that because I like calling it that. You guys will know what I'm talking about. But so I watched this one video on the YouTube where this guy like opened this thing. I don't know. I think he was kinda of full of crap, but anyway, so Because my first understanding was it was just that one single wine cabinet that they were talking about. But apparently it's just where they get these demons that are possessed, something else. And then somebody puts them in these boxes and they're not supposed to open them. But you can buy these sons of guns on the eBay. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why would you want to possess... I have have other stuff. We'll get on the eBay thing a little later. Sorry. (laughs) So we're going to talk about this particular big box. the the wine. So, I don't know. I never saw this movie, The Possession.
1: I know. I was looking at that. I'm going to have to find it so I can watch it.
0: Yeah. We should do that. Mm -hmm. We should watch some of these. Do like a marathon with our girls or something. Not that they'd want to watch it. Would that be me and you eating the popcorn? Kids are like, "Eh, we're going to go play (laughs) video games or something. But anyway, yeah, we'll have to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that would be fun. So, it is based on a true story. Or at least as true as any story of
1: this... Yeah, as true as you're going to get.
0: Yeah. The item known as the debut box made its first appearance on the internet in 2003 when it was put up for auction on... On the eBay. Its owner at the time claimed that it, he had picked up the box intended for a storage of wine. And actually, he's seen the picture of it. Gosh, that could have been a beautiful wine like cabinet, I, I think.
1: Yeah, I saw the picture. It's really pretty.
0: So, its owner... <laughs> Its owner at the time claimed that he had picked up the box, intended it for storage of wine, and a estate sale in Portland, Oregon in 01. It had belonged to a Jewish woman who had lived to the ripe old age of 103. Holy shit. The box she had always said housed a dubuque or evil spirit or should, blah, and should never be opened. Of course, the new new owner opened it as you might have guessed because you know when you're told not to do something, you're gonna do it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> because the new owner was like three, and he needed to see what was in it. Um, things didn't go so well after that. He gave it to his mother, who immediately suffered a stroke. He asked his sister to hang on to it, but it freaked her out because it wouldn't stay shut. So he tried to sell. Okay, first of all, it gives your mom a stroke, so you're gonna give it to your sister. I wonder what kind of relationship I
1: don't they know, have. Maybe he didn't like her.
0: Okay, only the to- so he sold it. Somebody came and put it out the doorstep with a note that said, this reads a bad darkness, so hold up. Oh, bleh. That it reads a ba- bad darkness, and so on. The box has changed hands several times since 2003 auction, but you can still see the original listing for it archived here. I think that there are some holes in the history that take away from its believability, but I still get a kick out of it. I guess if you were to get like the whole, whole story of it. Now, I did some other research. I try to keep, when I do the research, them separated mm-hmm. um, just because I like to see the different the different stories of it. See, now there's another one I got coming up that I listened to a, another podcast about it. And from what I researched and then from some other stories about it, they all had different different things. I'm not saying they're all wrong. I'm not saying they're all right either. I just mm-hmm. need to, to throw them all in there so we're not just saying one story. Um, The Dubuque box is a wine cabinet that is supposedly haunted by a Dubuque. If you're wondering what a Dubuque is, it's a restless, malicious... uh, See, I know this. I put that in there. I should know this. (laughs) Malicious spirit that is believed to be able to haunt or possess the living. The Dubuque box gained fame after it was put on eBay along with the story of its sinister past. Apparently, the Dubuque box once belonged to a Holocaust survivor... Before it was given to Kevin Maness, upon opening the box, strange things began to happen. Maness had an intense nightmares that, sh- that he shared with everyone else who had been in possession of the box, or near the box. His mother even offered- suffered a stroke the same day he gave her the box as a present, and strange smells kept coming from the box. The next owners of the box claimed that they started developing health problems and that the box caused lights to burn out of their house, The last owner of the box took it to a rabbi who had it resealed and then hid it in a secret location. See that that has two different stories that I got from them. Like I I don't really know which one I I don't know. One just puts out more I guess.
1: Probably somewhere right in the middle. I'd say. Yeah? Mm
0: Mhm. I don't know. But I don't want that thing. Uh no. I am curious if they'll ever say where they hid it though. Where they put it. They probably won't. They probably buried it somewhere. So if you seal it, you don't want to burn it. Because like you said, that that will, it would.
1: It would release it. Yeah.
0: And that's what you don't want. That's how you trap them. So if they let it out and they had to get it resealed, how'd they get it back in there? Like that's... They're missing like a whole gap in there.
1: Yeah. And that would be somewhere where you get the... You, you get the people who have that gift. The shamans who have that gift to trap a spirit. Like like drawing a spirit out of somebody and trapping it into a jar. Right. And then burying now, it. In.
0: What was I gonna say? Because then I started thinking about Genies. <laughs> Sorry. Um. But did like where did it go? Like where are you gonna say, hey, hey, you evil thing, get back here and get in this box, and we'll give you wine because that's what it's meant for. Like I where did put a it little wine in at the bottom of it? Yeah, it's trapped in there.
1: Well, I know it's you, trapped you, you it, draw but it in but there. But if
0: they, but how did, I mean, okay, when they when they get released. Like, oh, no, I opened that box, and they told me not to. Something just flew out of here. Like, does it just, like, fly out and, like, hang out?
1: No, usually it's going to attach to one of the closest energies it can that will allow to. So it probably to.
0: attached itself to that guy. That's mm-hmm. what you're saying. Okay. Okay. I was just, I kind of go back to watching Supernatural, where when they kill the demons, and they stab them with that sacred, like, angel knife thing, and they go, and they go out. And then some of them, depending on what is in there... Not necessarily just the demons, but they fly away. And
1: there's probably some cases, like, you know, that's what they do, you know, demonologists when they're doing exorcisms. They, they send the demon away, but they have to have the name. You okay. have to have the name in order for it to leave. You see what I'm saying?
0: To, to uh, banish it. Exactly. You from this. You can,
1: you can trap them and you can seal them and you can bury them, you know, and then, and that, that's using the name uh, when... We did that with the jar. We used the name until we drew the entity out and trapped it in the jar, and we buried it.
0: That's all very fascinating. I really do. I have a lot of questions.
1: Well, you know, because, yeah, it's full of questions, only because it's one of those things where if you can't see it, I mean, you didn't see it go in there. How do you know it's really in there?
0: See, I picture, like, going back to Supernatural. It's like this black smoke, and it goes... (laughs) oh, no, I'm free, I'm free at last. And they're like, get in here. And then they're like, oh, no. And then they go, and get in there. That's how I picture it. <laughs> that might be weird. That's weird. I don't mean to be weird. Why do you just keep shaking your head at me? i just nodding at
1: you. <laughs> just agreeing with you. Like, yeah, uh-huh. No, there's probably a lot of different ways that it could happen, really. Hmm. But mostly you would see... Um, yeah. I. I remember, I remember, it's going to probably sound fake, but I remember the day that I went to help with that because it's going to sound like Amityville, but when I pulled into the driveway and I got out of my vehicle and walked up to the house, I was swarmed with flies. Like, swarmed with flies. Yuck. Swarmed. And, um.
0: Sky raisins. They had even
1: made the that comment and basically I was just there to aid I didn't do any of the drawing out per se. Right. Okay. I was there to aid just with the energy work okay. with braising the energy and um, drawing the drawing the sigil that would help trap and draw the spirit out of her and okay. um, so it was everybody else that did the majority of the work I just I was there and I aided with that picture. Mm-hmm. And aided with my energy, mm-hmm. but then again, you didn't really see anything. It was all about feeling, feeling that energy. Yeah. But using the name and drawing them in, as soon as it was in, you know, sealing the jar, and I do believe she was supposed to bury it, whether she did or not, I'm not sure, but I, I do believe she did. Huh. And you know, after that was all done, the flies are done. That was my experience. That's that's my best account that I can give. Whether. I, Anybody thinks it's real or not, that's up to them. That was just my account. It's sort of like, you know, when people say spirits do not real, from what I've seen, they, they are, because you can't tell me I've seen something and tell me it's not real, because I know I'm, I'm, like, one of the right. most crowded people you'll ever meet, so I know I'm not crazy or nuts.
0: Right, well, just because I didn't see something happen doesn't mean it didn't happen, and vice versa. I mean, that's where you got to kind of be open-minded about it. You don't know, got to be an a hole yeah. like, no, nope, it didn't happen. And I can be like, that's a really interesting story. So you I know, think, you
1: know, I think there's definitely, definitely diff- different levels. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I wouldn't want to be like in an exorcism because that's some deeper, deeper stuff.
0: Yeah, that's too much. That's, but. I don't want to, I don't like the dark stuff. It is kind of neat to talk about sometimes. Then I freak myself out and then I can't sleep at nighttime because yeah. I get scared. I get scared and then he just sleeps and snores real loud. Then his snoring scares me, and then I'm like, oh my god, and then I'm awake at like three o'clock in the morning, which I get, gotta be up at four anyway, but then I'm thinking I'm hearing things, and I'm all scared, and it's just him snoring. <laughs> Anyhow, let's moving on.
1: All right, well, let's move on to the picture <laughs> that just scared the crap yeah, out of you. I don't like that one. I
0: don't. You want to look at it again? No. Oh, Gigi. <laughs> I
1: don't like it. <laughs> look at the Picture. Look, can you
0: just look at it? I just, I just want you to look
1: at it. Listen to your mother.
0: God, grounded.
1: <laughs> well, this one says the anguished man captured on video. Scary. And this is a really scary looking oh. painting and it is really creepy. It's all red and his mouth is all open like he was screaming and like fried to death screaming. It's super creepy. It's
0: like he's trying to suck soul. <laughs> I know, he is. He's a soul, soul sucker. sucker. Yeah, that's
1: weird. It's like a boo-hag, boo but hay. it's a
0: man-hag. Man
1: hag. Man-boobs. Man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man. I shouldn't have said that. that. was the first thing that came to my mind. man boo, boob hags
0: boo ha- Boo-hags.
1: He's keeping boob-hag. Boob boob <laughs> okay. Focus.
0: Serious, yeah. Focus. <sighs>
1: This was kept in um, Sean Robinson's grandmother's attic for 25 years, and then he inherited it from her. She always told him that the painting was evil, explaining how the artist who created it had used his own blood mixed with the paint, and had killed himself shortly after completing it. She claimed to hear voices and crying when the painting was displayed, and to see the shadowy figure of a man in a house, which is why she locked it away in the attic. As soon as he took the painting into his home, he and his family started experiencing the same kinds of creepy phenomenon. His son fell down the stairs, his wife felt something stroking her hair, and they saw the shadow man and her crying. Robinson decided to set up a camera overnight to try to capture some of the strange events on his tape, and Robinson's YouTube videos show slamming doors, rising smoke, and the painting falling from the wall for no reason at all.
0: Is it that painting? It is that paint painting. It's because that painting's not supposed to be on anybody's wall. Who decorates that house with that kind of painting? <laughs> I don't care if you're into that crap or not. That's just, nope, nope,
1: yeah. nope. Yeah. No, that's that's kind of creepy. I'm like a lie. That is not like a housewarming picture. Like, oh, I'm going to come into your no. home and see a screaming oh, dead man face oh, and feel comfortable. Oh, I love your art. Oh, no, yeah. I'd be like, not. no, I
0: got to go. Like. I'm sorry, we can't be friends no oh, more. You're batshit crazy. And then she's like, But I'm your mother and I'm like, I don't care, we can't be friends no more. But you're,
1: but you're just still crazy for having <laughs> that on your wall. Yeah, I don't like it. What else you got? I'm all looking
0: at yours, you're looking at mine, <laughs> we're looking at each other. Put yeah.
1: copying off of me. Ooh. The haunted piano. So this story
0: <laughs> um... yeah, go ahead, I'm just gonna listen. You you tell me stories, I'm gonna drink the wine. We're you're just gonna good to listen. It's teamwork. Let's listen, listeners. Yeah, it's teamwork. teamwork. What's
1: good work? So, this story is about a woman named Vicki, and she had always wanted a piano.
0: Can we change her name to Madge? Sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: This story is about a woman named Madge, and she'd always wanted a piano. Her wish came true one day when her son brought her an old upright piano. He had discovered it working his, um, in his salvage and hauling service. It seemed to be in like good working order, so she cleaned it up, polished it, and set it in an enclosed on her enclosed front porch of her old farmhouse, and it quickly became one of her most prized possessions. Several years passed without incident at all. Then one October night, Vicky was babysitting her granddaughter, and she began to hear the sound of the piano from the porch. It was a random note, with so no particular tune. She says, Groggy! I listened to the piano for at least 15 minutes. Now deciding that it must be mice, I got up and opened the door. The piano was silent. So, obviously, she thought it was her granddaughter playing it. And so, when she got up, there was nobody there. They stopped playing.
0: It's like that story that we read from the Hometown Heroes last week, or last episode, with the drums. <laughs> you said Hometown Heroes again. <laughs> <laughs> we are just, just going
1: to call it Hometown Heroes.
0: And it doesn't even make sense no, to say that. but
1: it's okay. <laughs> oh,
0: that's horrible. But the one with the drums. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no. start a band. Those ghosts should start a band. So, oh, yeah. Sorry.
1: <laughs> we'll call it the Hometown Hero Band.
0: Yeah. I was thinking the Grateful Dead would wear to
1: a Grateful <laughs> That's a good one, too. <laughs> So, weeks went by (laughs) until one night, about 2 a.m., Vicki was awakened by haunting noises on the piano. So, this time, you know, she suspected mice, but then suddenly a tune floated through the house. And so, she remembers, it stopped, and she started several times, and it was definitely a tune, like someone was practicing a song over and over again. So, this started happening on a regular basis, and her daughter started even hearing it, and um... You know, it was relieved when, you know, Vicki had told her she'd been hearing it too, because the daughter thought maybe that she was going a little crazy. So eventually Vicki put the piano outside with a free sign on it, not because of the ghost, but because of the weight of it was beginning to make the porch sag. An old couple came along and adapted the instrument. I often wonder if they even experienced the late night concert courtesy of the old piano. So that doesn't sound like creepy. I, you know, I almost sound like, for me, the first thing that runs through my mind is that, okay, so she has it for seven years.
0: Right.
1: Doesn't do anything. Then all of a sudden, she has a gr- granddaughter in the house that she's taking care of, and it starts to play music. So oh, my shit. take is, is there a grandmother there who wants to connect with that little girl or a child? Right. Who's connected to that piano? Because, you know, sometimes spirit, is not necessarily negative, but it attaches right. itself to an object because there's a connection to it
0: this Hearing was familiar piano play is one of my favorite things ever i i used to play with my grandmother she had an organ and a piano and she used to play with us all the time i never really learned learned how to play is one of my favorite things to do with her but man i could listen to piano all day long i'd love to have a spirit in my house that played the piano
1: that'd be nice
0: because you know ethan's got a little friend that comes over he pounds on the piano but that's oh. not nearly the same yeah, that's And then awful. that hurts the piano. Then I feel bad for the piano. It's actually a family family heirloom of Sean's.
1: It would hurt yours, too. If They're pounding me. on it. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love pianists. <laughs> you love what? Pianists. That's what a piano, Honey, piano is. Honey, my
1: dear we're girls, we, we all do.
0: All girls like to hear pianos.
1: That's not A person me.
0: that... A pianist. A pian... What? <laughs> what are you saying I'm being serious to
1: you I'm know. <laughs> messing with you oh I'm like what?
0: what are you doing
1: I have a bad mind so think about what Hannah's sound I know for. that's
0: why I said it I
1: know Good. Good
0: girl. we're actually on the same level right now we, we just are. don't know we're it just
1: on a, we're just coming around we're coming from backwards ends and coming full circle that's all
0: backwards ends that sounds like a fun horrible position
1: <laughs> as long as it doesn't take batteries
0: Oh, batteries. Anyway, speaking of batteries and vibrations and all that <laughs> stuff that we talked about before, when we were talking about those guys from that that thing, and I said they couldn't investigate me, <laughs> I was going to make a comment because we talked talking about that and then the vibrations and it was all going to go in together, and it went in together in a funny joke in my head, but I never said it out loud, and then I lost exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> But it was super funny, so I'm gonna laugh about it right now. Cause yum, yum, e. Mmm.
1: Mm.
0: Kristen is one lucky gal. She listened. She should probably listen to this one. Uh,
1: she, she should.
0: <laughs> so, Kristen, a shout out to you, honey. A big shout out. You are lucky. I'm. I'm like totally jelly. Like <laughs> yum. We should probably post that on the page so people can you
1: know what see what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, yes and no, but help advertise what they're advertising. Yeah, because I, I think that would be the, the friendly thing to do. We should, and I think everybody should see what we're yumming about. Yeah,
1: they had pretty big muscles and stuff.
0: <sighs> we better we better move on. Holy shnikes, moving on. <laughs> okay, Anna Baker's wedding dress. In 1836, Ironmaster Elias Baker purchased a mansion near the. <laughs> as you know, I just froze on a word. <laughs> near the Allegheny Furnace in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Shortly after he, his wife Hetty, and their two sons moved in, Elias and Hetty welcomed a third child, a baby girl named Anna. According to the stories, by the time Anna had reached marrying age, she had fallen in love with a local steelworker. They got engaged in secret, even going as far as a. To obtain a beautiful gown for Anna to wear at their wedding, alas, though her father discovered their plan and forbade Anna for blah, forbade Anna from marrying the man she loved. He was too low class for her. Elias said the match would never do. The wedding dress went unworn, and Anna Baker died an old maid in nineteen fourteen. The dress remained on display in the historic historic house museum. The Baker Mansion eventually became for quite some time and every so often it would appear to dance all by itself. It's sleeves, damn wine, it's red wine. That's (laughs) why The sleeves of the dress would be seen fluttering and the matching slippers tapping as it moved by non-existent wind. It's danced by itself. There's nothing like a pair of star-crossed lovers to add a little oomph to a legend, but, but this one at least has been fully debunked. According to the executive director of the Blair County Historical Society, which maintains the Baker Mansion today, the dress was worn by Elizabeth Bell in 1830. Bell was the daughter of another Iron Master, Edward Bell. The room the dress was displayed in memorabilizes the Bell family. Unfortunately, though, the dress had to be taken out of circulation. It had degraded too much due to the exposure to light and other or airborne substances. No. Well, that's weird. So the dress was worn, but not by Anna.
1: So it's just kind of a story that was all mixed together.
0: Kinda, but I don't know how the dress went. So it may be Anna sold it at a garage sale. But she was like, oh, "My freaking bad. God, <laughs> that's sad that she died, like never being able to be married." But yeah. Wasn't even back then at the age of 18, you're like, whatever, Dad, I'm going to do what I want. Probably somewhere. Probably not her, though. Not if she came from a wealthy family, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you kind of to... did what
1: you were told.
0: That's really sad. It is. That sucks. I actually, I thought there was more to that when I, so I want to, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not, well, what you got?
1: This one. The bunk beds. Yeah. Yes. Do you have the bunk beds?
0: Yeah. You want to read it? Well, you know, well, we might not have the same things. We don't. Well, probably essentially the same, but... Well,
1: let me read mine, okay. and then you can debunk. Get it? Because it's pets.
0: That's funny. I got you can debunk I got what I as, have. as you.
1: All right. So, in 1986, Deborah and Alan Helm... I come up with pretty funny stuff sometimes. Every once in a while. Moved in with their young children to a house on... Larrabee Street in Horicon, Wisconsin in 1987, they bought a second-hand set of bunk beds for their kids for $100. By 1988, they had moved out of the house and buried the bunk beds in a landfill where they hoped that no one would ever set eyes on them again. When they brought the bunk beds home, they brought more than just a piece of furniture with them. They brought in something else. Something that terrorized them for months. They began seeing strange shapes in their home, hearing voices that didn't belong to any of the talismans themselves. Or talmans themselves, I'm sorry. Fighting with I was gonna little witchy there, I was getting talisman. Yeah, Get a little witchy. I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Different podcast. Fighting with uh, clock radios that had uh kept changing channels by themselves and furniture that moved when no one was looking and jumping out of their skins with fright when an apparition of an old woman appeared without warning. About half a year after they bought the bunk beds, or brought the bunk beds home, the Talsmans had had enough. They got rid of the beds, said Deborah Tallman to an UPI at the time. The beds were buried Saturday in a landfill where nobody will ever build. They took them out there and they plowed them under and put the house up for sale. But although no other residents of the house ever reported in a supernatural activity, the period in the late 80s during which the Talsmans lived at the address stuck with them, said Deborah Tallman to UPI after they moved out. I think it's going to be a long time before things get back to normal. I still cannot sit at home at night and not be afraid of the dark. As far as we know, the beds have never been unearthed. But that doesn't mean they're still there, they aren't still there waiting. Hmm. It kind of leaves you thinking, like, how, like, what would be the significance of the beds? Right. Connected with, the, like, a little old lady. I don't want to say a little old lady, but, you know, an older woman apparition.
0: Right. Uh, like, unless something bad happened, like, like let's say they were her, something bad happened to her.
1: Maybe her or, kids died in it or oh, something. I don't know. It would be, it'd be interesting to look deeper into that.
0: Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see what I have. <laughs> Okay, Alan and Debbie Tallman purchased a bunk bed from a second-hand shop in February 1987. After they purchased it, they stored it downstairs in the basement for nine months before bringing it upstairs for their children to sleep in. But as soon as they brought it up to their home, their home where they used it, things started to get creepy fast. Their children became ill and claimed that they saw a witch, and a radio started to change stations, seemingly all on its own. Eventually, the Tallman family got a pastor, and things started to get a little better, However, soon after Christmas of 1988, the haunting started again. After coming home one day, Alan heard a voice urging him to come here. He followed the creepy voice to the garage, where he found a blazing fire. Alan rushed to get a fire extinguisher, but when he came back to put the fire out, it had seemingly disappeared. The family became so fed up with the buff beds that they decided to burn them, which coincidentally stopped the hauntings. Hmm. See, our stories are completely different.
1: There, That is interesting. So which one is true?
0: Right. Hmm. Interesting. What was the years in yours? I uh,
1: 1987 and 1988. So those, those, those years were correct. Just the way of disposing of, you know, I would go with, let's be real, I would go with the fire one and burning it. Because yeah. what's going to be more easier, going out and burning the bunk beds or going way out in the middle of nowhere and digging up a big hole right. and burying it in a landfill? Right. Right. So, I would go more with that. Run
0: this family still around? Because they're not that old. No. Especially if they had kids. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a tall man, if you're a tall man, a tall- <laughs> get a hold of us. If you know this, if this was you, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah. It's weird. We want to know the truth. Yeah. There's nothing but the truth.
1: Yeah. Definitely the truth. What's that one?
0: Um, I don't know. Not the one I want to go to. I want to hit, <laughs> I want to hit the Crying Boys picture,
1: painting. Why, why would you want to hit it?
0: Well, don't, well, some people would. I would just want to hit a little bit about it, because this is the one that I listen to on the other paranormal podcasts that I listen to, because on occasion I'll listen to ours just that. Wow. I, I do, I so do. That's it's okay. Like, it's a guilty pleasure listening to myself. No, it is funny. <laughs> But I listen back on different apps, too, because of the sound. The sound is way different from, like, when we're editing and stuff to what is actually put out. Mm -hmm. It's so different. Like, I think it may sound good. Like, I thought the first, like, I thought the first 11 episodes, this is the 11th, sounded great. (laughs) But they really didn't. No, the first few were like, ugh, the audio on it. And I didn't realize it because when I listened back after editing, it sounded fine. So I'm like, that's what everybody else is going to hear. It is not. So, sometimes it's good even if you just listen to a little bit of it on a different app or whatever. Anyhow, back to the crying boy painting, not picture. <laughs> <laughs> Looking behind me. So, the other podcast that I listened to and some of the other articles that I have read, things were a little, I don't know, they didn't investigate Far enough in or different, just like how our two stories didn't match up. Mm -hmm. But, okay, I like this one the best just because it added a little something at the end. Like, ooh, you're right. Oh, no. So, anyway. So, you've probably seen the Crying Boy painting before. I know we have because we've... But apparently, it's actually a popular painting. Um, maybe you spotted it hanging in a model home. See, there you go. A lot of replicas, you know, people decorating them with ugh, creepy pictures, people putting in their homes again. Although, this really isn't a creepy picture. It's just kind of sad. Um, the Italian artist Bruno Amedio, um known commonly as Rangolian, the Crying Boy is one of the series of paintings featured tearful children staring out at the viewer mass-produced and widely distributed copies upon copies of the crying boy have entered the world since 1950s oh this is not the one i was thinking about but but in 1985 something strange happened stories began circulating stories of the prince of the crying boy being found in the ruins of burnt houses and and like nothing wrong with them like they would be the only things left still standing per se No fireman would allow a copy of the painting into his home, and people began to speak of them as something unnatural, like something evil was possessing all of these. But it's pretty safe to say that the story is kind of false. Um, In the UK tabloid, The Sun, and well, tabloids also reported on people seeing the Shroud of Turin magically appear on their pancakes, Stephen Bunt attempted to get to the bottom of the rumors in an episode of BBC Radio 4 show Punt pie He discovered that the varnish coating on the prints was fire repellent, accounting for their reasons to not burn up in fires. Now, this was a part that people leave out a lot of times when they're telling this story, is they found the fire repellent on it. Like, that's in the painting. That's why the painting itself didn't go up in flames. Okay, here's the twist. They're still not sure why the flames or the, the frames went unburnt around the painting. So, like, if they're wooden frames or even metal, whatever, they would be untouched by the fire.
1: I don't know. Maybe they had the same kind of varnish on that. Maybe there's something they put on that, too. I
0: don't know. But I, w- I would assume, I guess, I don't know, that people would change out the frames of them. Or yeah, that makes sense. Them. But and I, I'm assuming that since they did you know, um, tested the painting... That they would have tested the frames too. I mean, of those. See, that's where I was like, oh, oh, when I read that, like,
1: interesting. Well, makes sense. I'm like, okay, well,
0: that like, okay yeah. so that makes sense. Okay, it's the are fire repellant, like, okay, they're not gonna burn up. But then I read that, and I was like, oh, see, that's kind of interesting, right there. As to, I don't know. I'm not saying that. I don't know. No, it gives you something to of, think about, yeah. though. You're like, okay, it's a nice little twist. I thought at the end. That's. Only reason why I wanted to hit that. I know that a lot of people have talked about it, and there's a million different stories. A lot of them are kind of the same, but there's a little, you know... Everything has this little twist. Yeah, and everybody kind of puts their own thing to it, but I, I kind of like that one. I think, I think of that one anyway. Yeah. What you got? I got that one, too.
1: I have a Myrtle's plantation mirror that contains the spirits of a woman and her children. You know, I, I've actually... W- have watched this on like, you know, haunted shows. They talk about haunted houses. They have this place all over. Like this, I would say uh, this has to be one, one of the, the most, if not the most haunted place.
0: Really? Like the whole plantation?
1: Yeah, in general. Yeah. Okay. But um, the Myrtle's Plantation is allegedly haunted bed and breakfast, and it's largely considered to be the most haunted home in the United States, as well as one of the most haunted houses in the world. It dates back to 1796. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, and it was built on a Native American burial ground. Also, it's rumored to be the location of at least 10 murders and tons of paranormal events are almost a daily occurrence. Perhaps the most haunted item in the premises is a mirror that has was added in the home in 1980s. Guests of the plantation have reported seeing figures lurking in the mirrors, as well as the child-sized handprints on the glass. Legend claims that the mirror contains the spirits of Sarah Woodruff and her children. The Woodruffs were poisoned to death. Through custom dictates that the mirrors be covered. Okay, so I'm going to give what I know of the rest of the story. So with this story, you know, Sarah Woodruff and her children... If I remember this correctly, it's been a long time since I've seen this story. So if I'm wrong, correct me because I'm just kind of winging it right here. But the, it was a, a, a black female servant and she was taking care of the two children and it, the, the children were getting older and they were able to take care of more of her themselves. Right. And that was her main job. Right. And so she was worried about losing her position in the Sweet. household. Yeah. And being sent back out with the slaves to do field work. She didn't want to do that. So she slowly poisoned the little girls so that they would get sick and that they would need her and that she would win back the family's favor in order to stay in the house. She ends up killing them and the mother too. And then I can't remember exactly if, if somebody knows, let me know if, if the slave after that, I think she ended up committing suicide because she knew that she had, you know, technically murdered the children or if they hung her, I'm not sure, but that's where that all comes from, where it's highly active and it's, you know, one of the reasons it's a highly active area is because Native Americans alone in general, plus on a burial ground. But, you know, the spirits that are trapped there because she took their life. But that's my, that's my, from what I remember from watching it all the time and researching it when I was younger. That's the basic story. You don't you don't see that whole story here. So research it some more and if if I'm wrong and I'm confusing it with another story, somebody tell me.
0: See, I got a little blurt on it as well. Not as much as you. So I'll read why I I just kinda pretty much says the same thing but it leaves out (laughs) says the same thing but it leaves out everything you just said. The Myrtles has a reputation for being the most haunted plantation in the South. So that right there should give you a hint as to what you're in for when you seek out a particular mirror that resides on the premises. One of the many, many stories attached to the place alleges that Sarah Bradford Woodruff, one of the plantation's ladies, and two of her three children died in 1824 of Olander poisoning. Uh, they never quite managed to leave. It's said that their spirits are trapped within an antique mirror still on display within the house. Strange marks often appear on its surface, marks that no amount of cleaning can remove. But sometimes it's just not marks. Sometimes it's handprints. Well, well that, I guess the, that poisoning coincides with what... Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I didn't have any of the that poisoning stuff. I was just going by... You know, because I've always been a little obsessed with watching haunted stories,
0: mm-hmm. and that's
1: one of the ones I always watched. But for Is my recollection... Is Oh, yeah. Well, I, I used to watch it, like, when you would watch, um like, the most haunted places, and they would tell stories. Yeah. I, I remember that story. Oh, that's, wow. that's where I got all that story from. So that's why I said, if I'm confusing it with something else, don't hesitate to tell me. You know, if I've confused the two stories, but I'm pretty sure, I'm 99% sure that that's the rest of the story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a horrible, tragic story. I shouldn't say I like it, but... It is. That would be one to, you you need to see a movie on or something.
1: It would be, and you you had to think, too, that, you know, necessarily the slave wasn't being evil. She was desperate.
0: Yes.
1: And she wasn't trying to kill them. She was just trying to make them sick enough so that she could aid them. She
0: still need to be needed.
1: Yeah yeah
0: okay next i have the conjure chest about 150 years ago a man a very wealthy man named jacob cooley ordered his slave to build a chest for his first child after the slave um finished making the chest he showed it to cooley it was said well answering my (laughs) what was that what at least you're getting the right answer (laughs) that's so funny It was said that Cooley became so enraged over it that he beat his slave to death. After hearing of the death, Cooley's other slaves made a pact to avenge their friend. They scattered the blood of an owl over the chest and had a conjure man curse it. From then on, the family was cursed with multiple deaths. Cooley's firstborn son died as a baby, and eventually more than 17 deaths were attributed to the cursed chest. You know how I went to all evil, and then I went to change. (laughs) As soon as you hit the word
1: baby. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh wait, it can't be evil, it's a baby.
0: (laughs) It's a baby. (laughs) The curse is said to have been lifted by a conjured woman. See, women aren't so bad. And the chest can now be seen at the Kentucky History Museum. You know, I want to get down to Kentucky. I think that'd be a fun weekend trip. We can take our husbands with us. whatnot. not? Make them but, come? Yeah. Torture them a there's, little bit? There's, there's some history down there and some hauntings down there. We got some listeners down there that... Yeah. I want to see us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure
1: everybody wants to see us. I mean, why wouldn't you? I'm just saying.
0: Our heads really aren't that big. Okay. Um, no, they're not. And I, I got know. relatives down there. I got you in, like, 43 other states. But it's so pretty down there. But there is is a lot of mystery, and there is some haunted places that I think that would be fun to go visit, maybe get our pictures in some or something. But anyway, if we ever do get down to Kentucky, we should go to Kentucky History Museum and see this chest. What a mean guy. Really? Why would... You were so mean to... You told him to do it. You told him to make this for you, and he took his time, and he did it, and then you...
1: So, I want to know why, um... What a D word. What is it that enraged him so much? What are we missing? Why? Well, okay, yeah. so, because if you asked him to make it, you wouldn't get mad because he made it. So, what he probably just didn't made like him it. made? Yeah. Maybe he
0: didn't put a nail in the right place or something.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm man-hating right now. <laughs> that was not nice. Although, and then his firstborn died. That's sad. But seventeen deaths were attributed to the cursed chest. You're right. I need to find my clicky pen. Found oh, no. it. Click it. We're gonna start this one. We'll look more into that. For mm-hmm. sure. chair. death. Like what is this? Who wrote this? You have any more? No, I'm.
1: I'm. Oh. The, it's all you.
0: All right. It's all you. So we have the chair death. All these chairs. All these chairs and people don't want to sit in them because they're all scary. Oh, yeah. All these chairs and no place to sit is the weirdest thing. Okay, Balleroy Mansion, which was once home of Thomas Jefferson, houses some very historically historically important artifacts, but also contains something much more sinister, a deadly chair. No. Oh, my God. The mansion's last remaining inhabitant, George Meade... Esby, who died in 2005, claimed to have seen ghosts walking all around the old house. One of the most infamous tales he told involves the chair of death. The chair is said to be inhabited by a spirit that Espy named Amelia. Legend has it when Amelia is present, a blue mist surrounds the room, and then whoever sits in the chair will die. Many people have distributed this claim, and four people have even tried to disprove the paranormal theory by sitting in the chair. Unfortunately... For those unbelievers, all of them met their end soon after sitting in the chair.
1: Okay, all I'm saying is, believer or not believer, not sit in that chair.
0: No, exactly. Why exactly? What's the point? No, because even if you don't believe, and then that's gonna make you believe, but then who cares? Because you're not gonna be around to say that you're a believer anymore. Mm. I just won't. Just look at it. Just look at it from afar. I got Valentino's ring. I mean, I don't have the ring. But <laughs> I could probably get a replica on eBay. Oh, <laughs> because yeah, you oh, can find oh, anything I, I on still eBay. Got some more on eBay coming up. Rudolph Valentino was one of the great, bleh, one of the greatest silent movie stars of all his time. That is until he bought a ring that seemingly screwed everything up. Valentino bought this ring from a jeweler jeweler in the twenties. Um, the story has it when Valentino showed the ring to one of his friends, his friend had a vision of Valentino as pale and lifeless. The next few pictures that Valentino was involved with flopped at the box office, and within the next six years, Valentino would be dead. But the story doesn't end there. Valentino's lover became ill after wearing the ring, so much so that it derailed her career for years to come. Russ Calabo, who played Valentino in a biography about his life, wore the ring and died in a shooting accident just days later. Finally, a man named Joe Casino bought the ring but decided not to wear it until he thought the curse was lifted. But even after waiting several years to put it on, the curse remained. The casino died within a week of putting the ring on. Today, the whereabouts of the cursed ring are unknown. Which means there's probability that you could find it on eBay.
1: Hmm. Maybe. Interesting.
0: But you'd have to take it to somebody to get it validated that it is Valentino.
1: <laughs>
0: get it validated that it's Valentino's ring.
1: <laughs> say they that fast three times.
0: I can't say it even one time. <laughs> So with the eBay stuff, so I got into this and then like I said I ended up on the eBay and I'm like, I'm going. And Sean's like, what do you what do you need on eBay? And I'm like, oh my god, you can buy all these haunted things. He's like, oh my god, no. (laughs) You're not getting the credit card for that. So the items for sale on eBay. You go to eBay and just type in the word haunted, you get, like, a whole slew of items. Like, it's just crazy. But remember to buy them at your own risk because, well, we don't know. I don't know. So there's one. It was called the ha- Haunted Child Spirit now, which there's actually a crap ton of them. From the listing, it says, we moved in our 1920s house a couple years ago. A while ago, I stumbled upon an old trunk in our basement that had been converted into a toy box. Since then, the following has happened. My son's toys go off randomly without anyone there to touch them. My eldest son has nightmares every night as he has woken up thinking he has heard someone walking around in his room. My front door has swung wide open and no one is there. I have heard laughing and someone coughing when I've been home alone. My five-year-old son is now afraid to sleep in his room alone and must have a nightlight on. He talks about an old man and his mother that lived in our basement. You can hear what sounds like footsteps sometimes coming from the above attic. Our remote and toy batteries drain down unusually fast. And then it says, I am not responsible for anything that may or may not happen when in possession of this doll. Can you guess what the winning bit is, even though you just looked at it?
1: No, what is it? $100. Ain't
0: wrong. <laughs> <laughs> $57.50. So for 57 doll hairs and 50 cents, you can have this.
1: Yeah, I probably don't want it. Because dolls are creepy.
0: That's funny because you can buy it for 57 (laughs) doll (laughs) hairs. Oh my gosh. So funny. So, yeah. So you can buy haunted items for like under 60 bucks on the eBay. Pretty amazing.
1: It kind of is.
0: I, people will sell anything. Get that side hustle. Like, that's... Yeah. I'm just going to sell this. I think it's pretty haunted. I'm not going to burn it. not going to bury it. Let's sell it on eBay. <laughs> Let's make some money. So anyway, moving on. There's um, haunted antique china. No. And they're going to sell this. Um. Three pieces. From the listing, it says, All three pieces were found wrapped in a wad of old newspaper under the porch of a house dating from about 1910. The bundle the bundle was buried under a thin layer of dirt and damp, decayed leaves that must have blown under the porch for decades. The homeowner set the china on the windowsill and promptly forgot about them. One afternoon, an, o- an elderly neighbor was passing by, and she noticed a piece of the china on the windowsill. She seemed suddenly disturbed by their presence and asked where he got them. After some questioning, she admitted they looked very similar to a pattern to a set once owned by another neighbor, Miss Dillon, whose husband beat her. One day, he turned up dead. Miss Dillon became reclusive and then suddenly moved away with no notice to her former friends. The homeowner thought more of this until the next morning, when he found the creamer and two cups on the kitchen table and could not remember bringing them in the house. He quickly put all three pieces in a shoebox. He put the box on the porch and he made a phone call to a friend who had interest in the paranormal. After relating the story and getting some suggestions, the box was picked up and delivered to us. I can personally attest that in the time I have wiped them off and taken photos, there were no less than three dips in electrical power that caused the lights to dim briefly. Winning bid $45. Hmm. <gasps> My new baby cauldron that I bought? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually from my three piece set. Oh. I looked it up because it's actually worth a lot more than what I. There's what three I paid baby for cauldrons. It. No, one baby cauldron. Cause it's not really a baby cauldron. <laughs> I'm being frugal. <laughs> it's actually a sugar bowl. Because <laughs> you know how they come it like the sugar bowl and then like the the creamer thing, and they're like little. Uh-huh. You're like so tired, and then like you get the thing that holds your tea or coffee, whatever you have with it. Yeah. I love it. I think it's cute. Um, A haunted watch. And it's stuck at 11.29 p.m. From the listing, it says, The person I received this watch from informed me that Julie owned this watch when she was 24 years old. She set the watch on her nightstand before she set off to jog, and she never returned home. Sadly, she was abducted and killed by a crazy person around 11.29, the same time the watch stopped working on her nightstand. Ooh, I just got chills reading that. I took this watch to a medium friend, and she confirmed that Julie revisits this watch from time to time. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) That would explain the unexpected temperature drop I get sometimes when I hold this watch. I felt goosebumps in 80-degree weather. Watch is not working. Watch is used. (laughs) (laughs) Watch is used. Please read this disclaimer before you buy this item. I cannot guarantee the same experience I had And I'm not responsible for the experience you have with this item. The disclaimer is for my protection, as well as the buyer's protection. eBay prohibits the sale of intangible items. It's also their policy for me to state this disclaimer. I am selling this item as nothing intangible, intangible, just a watch. Hmm. (laughs) Wow. Poor Julie. I think she's worth more than $17.50. Yeah, kinda. That's kinda sad. Oh, look at that. Haunted debut box. Oh, there you go. This one. These are all from the, like, these are taken word for word from the listings and then what they were sold for. Um, The Haunted debut box from the listing. If you're not experiencing the paranormal, then look to buy somewhere else. I am not looking to sell to people who have no business getting involved in something they know nothing about. (laughs) Not trying to sound harsh, just a warning. Here's another Dubuque box, which I bought from an elderly man in South Carolina. I have been keeping these in a crawl space. So I remember, I looked at this a few times. She buys these, and she keeps them in a crawl space. Like, she gets them on eBay and whatnot and, like, saves them. So she's got all these evil spirits, like, in a crawl space. That's kind of She's getting creepy. rid of some so she can replace them with more. So I have been keeping these in the crawlspace of my house mostly because that's just how large my collection has grown. Many of these have burns on them and some sort of and some of them seem to have something inside, but as I've always stated, I never open them. Since keeping them in the crawlspace, I have heard what sounds like something moving quickly under my house. I hear it at 3 AM on the dot every night, every other night, like clockwork. Also, when I check on them, there is a cool, heavy air surrounding them, even in July. My dog often growls at crawl space when she passes. And less often, but still odd, I hear a knocking and children's whispers coming from down there, which is alarming. Buy at your own risk, and again, do not open the box. I cannot stress this enough. I am not responsible for the misuse. Winning bid, $39.99. That went for more than Julie's watch. Oh, wow. That's sad. I almost want Julie's watch. <laughs> the poor thing. Yeah. Like, to go that way, then you don't even know. Like, I don't know. I would not spend thirty nine ninety nine on a box that I know nothing about. And to put yeah, it in no. my girl's face.
1: No, yeah. Just from
0: knowing what is out there, the information that people do have about them. I really I just don't want one. But why would I buy an empty box? Well, empty per se, that I can't open.
1: Yeah, so it it's just going to shut somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And crawl space and then piss your dog off. <laughs> so I got a haunted... Vintage. I don't have a haunted vintage bear, but somebody does. <laughs> From the listing, my grandmother went to an antique store in San Diego when she was a teen and saw this creepy-looking old teddy bear. She told me that she took Joey home. She started to have nightmares. Joey was, would be sitting on her desk in one direction, but when she woke... He would be looking in a different way. Sometimes when she would leave her room, she would come back to see one of his arms up in the air. She never mentioned this to her mother or father, thinking they would give or throw her bear away. For some reason, she never wanted to give Joey up. For my grandmother's 90th birthday, she wanted me to take home her items, including Joey. After I put him in my room, I started having bad nightmares. I would get up and feel like someone or something was looking at me. Joey's head would move. From one direction to another, along with his arms, my kids started crying and begging me to get rid of Joey. I put Joey in our garage, and stuff would be moved all around or fall. I can no longer have Joey in my house or anywhere near my kids. He's looking for a new home, so hopefully it's yours. <laughs> Look how much he sold for. Oh. That is crazy. That is crazy. 100- winning bid, $179.99. Huh. That's just that's just nuts. Sorry, it's on the paper. All right, I'll read one more. (laughs) Haunted antique glasses with case. You get a case. (laughs) So, I mean, why the heck not? Come on. So, from the listing, it says, Very old eyeglasses with case from cursed, haunted house of Suffolk, Virginia. Eyeglasses are the pince-nets... What? Are the pince-nets type that sit on the nose and have a thin cord strap. These things have EMP, electro... The electric ma- <laughs> electromagnetic. P- <laughs> I'm not even gonna edit that out. <laughs> that was funny. Electric, ma- <laughs> <laughs> electromagnetic-, <laughs> electromagnetic pulse readings, and have a bad feel about them, possibly cursed or haunted, selling for entertainment purposes only. They sold for a whopping twenty-five dollars and sixty-six cents. Stop it. Huh. I know, you're so tired. I can't help it. Sorry. But do you get to sleep in in the morning? A little bit. Since we're not doing this? Oh,
1: no. I get to sleep until five.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, I need to... I got a mess over here. I I need my wand. Oh. So, with all those being said, we hope you enjoyed. Do we? Of course we do. Okay. Okay, good. Even
1: even left a little bit.
0: Yeah, we weren't as funny. I think the morning ones are even funnier. Yeah. I don't know
1: why. We were still funny, though. We were. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't know. We probably shouldn't talk about how funny we think we are.
1: (laughs) You know, it's okay. Because if nobody else is laughing at our jokes, at least we are.
0: True that. I'm hungry. (laughs) I need dinner. (laughs) Anyhow, okay. So, remember the emails, your stories, comments, words, whatever have you. To Paranormal X L at write me.com. And write me as W-R-I-T-E-M-E.com. <laughs> we love hearing from all of you. We also want to say thank you for all the support you have shown us. Follow us on Facebook, Paranormal Capital X, Capital L page and group. Get all up in there. See what yeah. we're about.
1: <laughs> Share your stories.
0: Yes. We, oh, I want to. Personal stories are the best. When we get to read them on here, put our two cents in because that's I don't know, kind of what we do. That's why we're here. <laughs> um, oh, and remember, don't if someone else's yum ever. One more thing, we want to thank what we want to shout out and send a thank you to Julie and Josh for tonight's wine. Heck yeah, it was good. And so I normally don't drink red wine, but this is red wine. I normally, don't drink red wine. You can tell. <laughs> That's for sure. It's a red wine, seven moons red wine. Wow, I am struggling. So it's really good. And thank you. They are also two new members to the PXL crew. So really yeah. excited about that. So yay! Thank you again for the wine. That was epic. Good. Oh, it tastes good. Even though we had to go around and they were so sweet. They brought it to us. And then we realized that Mama Mary wasn't on her game today, and she took home the, the corkscrew, cork yeah. wine opener. Yeah. Because usually we drink chief wine that don't have corkscrew, they have the twist. <laughs> so Pop like, but We're good. So, like, and then we had a bottle waiting in here anyway that we kept here that was also a cork one. So then I was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Yeah. And they were so sweet, and they went, and they got us a corkscrew. Yeah. So we're going to leave that here Thank for you. future times. Yes, we're going to so write sweet. your
1: names on it.
0: Yeah, we are. Yeah, we is. (laughs) All right, so thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week. We got another awesome show planned. Hopefully, you guys thought this one was awesome. I was super excited all week about it.
1: Yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. Yes. Woo-hoo!
0: We will will not see you guys next week. We will talk to you guys next week.
1: (laughs) Talk to you later.
0: Bye! (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.